Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, we're really excited this morning. I'm excited to, for you guys to meet some folks that uh, some of you have met, many of you have met, but uh, since the last time Ron and Annette Thiessen were here, our church has uh, a little more than doubled in size. And so uh, many of you have never met, some of you may have never even heard of Ron and Annette Thiessen, but uh, we go all the way back to when I was a missionary in Mexico and Liz was just a a regular Mexican teenager, right? Yes, we met them when I was in Mexico. I guess I was like probably 15, 16 years old. And man, it's been so many years. But guys, like this, this are one of my favorite missionaries. They're so cool. And what they do is so cool. Every time either I haven't gotten to go to Peru, but when I went to Honduras, it's mind-blowing what they do. It's like these people never get tired. And they do, they, they have more energy than like Hunter and I together, I think, for, for the mission work. And I just I love their ministry. I love their family, their kids. It's such an example to us about doing ministry as a family. And I just, we really like love them. So you guys, but you're listening here. <laughs> So we've literally, I was thinking about it, we've literally been partnering in missions now for about 20 years. And uh, again, they have done so much in the Amazon region of, of Peru, you know, helping plant so many churches. And we've done mission trips down there to Peru, uh, to the jungle. It's, it's a fun one. Uh, we took a trip to Honduras where they also lead an orphanage there in Honduras. Annette also has a ministry to women in, in, uh, in Latin America called Daughters of Destiny, and I want to encourage you today, you're going to hear a lot more, you're going to see a lot more uh, about what they do, but um, I want to encourage you to be generous towards them as well, because uh, a, a part of our tithes and offerings today, we're going to be able to bless them and their ministry. It's been a very tough year to be missionaries, let's just say that, and, uh, and so we really want to be able to bless them financially so that they can continue the work with the orphans in Honduras, with the, with the ladies in South America, and with all the churches along the Amazon River. Yes, and uh, I, I was listening to Annette, like, just sharing about her book, and it, and it is so good what she has to share today. Both of them will be sharing, but I just want to let all the ladies know, like, I kind of, like, decided we're going to have an Encounter Woman meeting at four today at the church just to continue the ministry time and to continue the teaching about inner healing. So if you like me need more inner healing, come at four. You can leave your kids with your husband and, and we're going to be ministered and we're going to receive more. <laughs> and it does, you know, it's for every age. Um, just come and bring your friend. I guess I just found out what my plans are this afternoon. <laughs> Repeat after me, thesonadventures.com. Again, you're about to see more and hear more about what they do, but uh, if you give through Encounter Church, we'll be able to bless them. But if you want to also directly give, uh, if you go to thesonadventures.com, it links you, it, it'll show you what they're doing in Honduras, it'll show you what they're doing in the Amazon region, it'll show you what they're doing with ladies and kids and all this. And so uh, we just encourage you with that. Now, I'm going to have them to go ahead and stand up. This is Ron and Annette Thiessen, all right, all right. You're welcome now. But before they come and minister to us, I'm about to just turn the service over to them, the rest of the service. I want to ask you guys to just enjoy this fun video about what they do for the kingdom and the nations. Such an honor to be here. In a lot of ways, I was thinking, yeah, this is like ground zero for us because, you know, we go so far back that Pastor Dale married us way back in El Paso. Yep. 38 years ago plus a little bit. So, yes, uh, we go way back, and, and this, this is so, so good. And you are one of the, the churches. We, you know, because we have the ministry in Honduras and the ministry in, in the jungles, we have different groups of churches also that we are responsible in partnership and fundraising and all that kind of stuff. And you are one of them that has been to both of us. So that is really awesome, too. I mean, you, I think you understand 
us better than anybody probably, you know, from seeing both, both sides of the picture. Um, before I get into things, I want to um, thank you for that. Thank you so much, and also encourage you that um, if anybody wants to know a little bit more about us, um, go in the back there and pick up one on AFCM on Peru, on what we do in Peru and in Latin America. We're Latin America directors for AFCM, and uh, there's another one out there also for New Life Children's Home. There's a sponsorship card here. If anybody's already told you you're supposed to do that, pick one up. Um, and thank you so much for the opportunity, really, to be here. I just want to share a little bit about what's going on there now in Peru. You know, these are pictures of, of you know, the past and the, and the different times, but what's been happening? I'm sure you all had kind of an interesting season this past season starting in March, right? All kinds of stuff, you know, wondering about your job, fears about this and fears about that and, and all kinds of things. And yes, Pastor Hunter said, you know, you can imagine on the mission field the same sort of thing. Iquitos got really bad got really bad. Um, it was so bad that they considered Iquitos one of four worst cities in all of Latin America. And, and it, it got so bad that we put out an APB. Police people would say, all points bulletin, this is an all prayer bulletin. You know, we were like, oh God, you know, you need to do something. But you know what, it's like, there was something else that, that happened during that time. It got to the point where um, well, to go back just a little bit, we went down there in March to do a pastor seminar. We have 60 churches. We had some of the churches from a, uh, one of the zones come in to do meetings in Iquitos. We had two pastors, preachers from the United States. We had uh, a bunch of people from the rivers, and it was great. And we got all up through the 15th, I believe it was, and we finished up on Sunday we distributed Bible schools to the pastors. We had no idea that on the 16th, they would close all the doors, no more boats travel, no more flights. We had told our daughter, Anna, to just go ahead and go with her husband, Willie. We would take care of the grandchildren. We have three grandchildren. One, he was almost two, almost four, and, all, and six. We have three grandchildren. So it's like, this is wonderful. We'll take care of them for them for 10 days. No problem. So our daughter left, and she went on the trip to the States. We had a great seminar. She had busy, busy time during the seminar because of the kids, but we had a great time. On the, on the 15th, on the 16th, on the 15th, a bunch of the people that had come in from the rivers went back out on the rivers, left our property there, went out on the, uh, to their homes to families and friends in Iquitos. About 15 or so of the pastors and their families stayed with us. On campus, the next day, whoosh, close the doors. So Anna and Willie, they knew about the thing happening or beginning to happen. They got on the last flight and got all the way to Lima. And then they missed the last flight from Lima to Iquitos. So we had the grandchildren for four and a half months. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're still alive. <laughs> We were, we were, we had some wonderful times, and we, by the end of the time, it was like, oh, God, thank you that they're coming home, finally. <laughs> you young people probably understand, and you older folks, too, that have grandchildren, you understand. So, thanks for your prayers. Somebody must have woken up in the middle of the night and said, pray for Annette and Ron, you know, because not COVID, it's something else. What is it? <laughs> God's good. We had good times, and we made it. Um, we didn't know the whole time, you know, this, this whole thing is about living by faith, right? Because if you listen to all the news, and all of us do, but if you really listen to all the news, you can get really depressed and in fear and all that kind of stuff. You know, it came to a point on our property there that it was like, you know what? We really can't trust in the natural. The hospitals collapsed. There was no oxygen for the, for, for the people. People were dying in droves. They were, people were opting not to go to the hospitals because there was no room in the hospitals. And they were on the streets pushing the bodies out in the street when they would pass away. They would call somebody, and they would come through with a wagon and pick them up. And they, nobody was going to the cemeteries to bury them. They were dumping them in a trench. And they said that they could, you know, cremate them and this and that and the other and do something later, but that never happened. 
It was crazy. But, you know, during that time, you know, it was, it was the point, you know, we had to deal with things because we had our church and everybody kind of looking to us. What are we going to do? You know what? We decided, you know, God spoke to me and says, you know, it's time for us to start living supernaturally. Above the natural, supernaturally. It's time, to, it's time that we learn to live that way. You know, we all know about it. We've all kind of been preached, heard it, this and that and the other, and we have a degree of that, but we need to learn to live above that because we have something other people don't have. Amen? And, you know, and we got our first vaccine, maybe, maybe not then. We heard about this a long time ago, but did you get the PS91 vaccine yet? The Psalms 91 vaccine? I will say of the Lord... No plague comes near my dwelling. Amen? Because you know what? We had people coming and going to get food. We had to watch these grandkids for their mom and daddy. We couldn't just go do any, all kinds of things. But, you know, the word of God is true, isn't it not? Amen. And it's so good to see you guys out here in the middle of all of this and just believing and declaring, you know, that that vaccine is ours. Amen. I declare the Lord, he is my fortress, right? I declare that no plague will come. I said that. I go to the front gate. People would bring stuff in, do this and that and the other. And I would just say, okay, no plague is coming near my dwelling. I can't stop all the natural things, but God can. And he said he would if we seek him, follow him. Amen. Amen. So, so anyway, you all know, probably have thought this. That in, in, in my feeling is that, you know what, the time that we are, have started as of March, we started into a time probably before, it really is a time. It really is a time that things will probably not be the same. I don't know if you believe that or not. Are we going to go back to normal? We would all love to. I would love to because it was a comfortable time. It was a wonderful time. It was, a, you know, it was a growth time. But you think, will Carly go back? I, I really kind of think maybe not. I really kind of think that we have been launched into a, a season going into the coming of Jesus Christ. And we have it to look forward to the rapture of the church. And, and, and even if it's not until later on, then, then we, have, we have a season where God needs us so badly. Amen? So we can't live on the natural. We can't continue there. We can't even stay where we're comfortable because we need to reach those people that don't know yet. That don't have the hope that, you know what, did you all know that we, y'all, I guess, did you say y'all up here too? Anyway, did y'all know that um, we don't lose whatever happens? Whatever happens, we don't lose if we're following, amen? We have the victory. So what are we doing in our church in Iquitos? One of the things that came up was all the people were there, some of the people, you know, we started doing home groups. And I know you guys are doing them here too. And why? Because maybe in the future we may not be able to meet. In Peru, in our church is not meeting yet because the government is anti-evangelical. And they don't really want that. We don't know if they're actually going to set us free to do that. But we can in our homes. We can meet in our homes. Amen? We can meet. And our, our growth groups, you know, the, the local, our, our, our staff, our leaders were a little bit reticent to get together. Some had a little bit of problem with the COVID, sickness and whatnot. Thank God nobody in our congregation died from the, from the plague. Amen? Amen. You know, and that is my jurisdiction, right? You guys have a jurisdiction? What is it? No plague shall come near my dwelling. And this is mine because God gave it to me. Amen? Amen. So you all have one, right? We have our area of authority around us that God gave us. Amen. Anyway, um, that, was, that was extra. Um, so we started doing that because, you know, there's a lot of countries in the world that the only way they can meet is in small groups. We started doing a family altar or do a small devotional where we would give it to the leaders and they would take it out to the people. We don't have all, I mean, they do have internet and all those kinds of good things, but Iquitos is about as bad as you can get with quality and speed of internet. It's one of those plagues. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, we, there we still give them out, you know, in paper form and they could do the devotional. We could keep them together in our congregation. And they are at the point, I believe, of starting again in, in November. So, 
Thank the Lord that we have started doing some things in Iquitos to be able to beat the system. You know what I'm saying? There's somebody out there, the devil and other people, trying to do some things that would take down the church, take down different things. Amen? But God is going to take a church that's, that's pure and holy, and it may be that that's what we need to become pure and holy, the church in general. Amen? None of you guys. You guys are shiny. Amen? But maybe that's where God's going. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? Some of the things that sometimes we think, you know, our agenda becomes what is, should be God's agenda. But sometimes we need to think beyond that and say, what is God's agenda in all this? How many people got saved on the deathbed with COVID? In Iquitos, Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. The fear is a great place for you guys to go in there in your home groups and whatever and tell them that there's no need for fear. Amen. And that's what our cell groups are doing in, in Iquitos and leading people to Christ. And the church is growing through that during the middle of all of that. Amen. So Pastor Watting, the pastor in charge there, he's been able to go back out on the rivers and start jump-starting these Bible schools that we put out there. And uh, we were able to put out 15 Bible schools recently, get them going out there. So they kind of got slowed down by the COVID and the, and the whatnot there. But they're, they're getting out there on the rivers. And that's one of the things you can pray for is that we can just keep sending them out, finances to keep sending them out on the rivers to get those things launched out there. We canceled our October trip because of COVID and not being sure if we could get anybody down and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the, the theater where we went last, last time. So many of you guys were with us last time. Um, so anyway, it's going, and it's going good. In Honduras, we haven't been back yet. We, we have tickets for the 18th of November. Pray for us. We do believe that we can get in and get back out. It appears that that's the way it is, and we're believing God that we can go. We want to come back for Christmas with our family, um, with our new grandson, who was born from, for Shelly in Texas. We got there. God is really good. Amen. How many believe that God is good? Even amongst all the weird stuff going on, God is still pulling through for us. We had no idea. We couldn't leave the kids until our, our, grandki- our kids came home. Anna and Shelly, Anna and Willie came home. We couldn't, you know, that was our responsibility. But about four days later, God provided a humanitarian flight from, from Lima to Miami. And then we got a $29 flight from Miami to, to Dallas. And we were down there for three days ahead of the birth. God is good. Amen. New life, we are so blessed that Martin, you saw a picture of Martin on the picture of the teachers and whatnot. Martin and Dulce are doing an awesome job. It is such a blessing to have them. And no, none of our children have gotten COVID, and, and they're continuing to do well. The kids were totally frustrated with not being in, well, they weren't frustrated with not being in school. They were frustrated because they couldn't go to their swimming hole, couldn't go anywhere and do anything. So Martin and Dulce finally said, we're going to start school, uniforms and all, because we've got to have a way to keep these kids occupied. So they started. They weren't supposed to, but they started, and they have since gotten the permission, so we didn't lose a school year there. Things are going well. Thank the Lord that not even our kids in the transition houses. We have college kids in two houses, a boy's house and a girl's house, and um, we are providing for their education so that they don't go in. The social services says that 90% of the kids who come out of children's homes uh, go into the gangs. And we said, not on our watch. We're going to do something to, to stop that. Amen? We're going we're gonna to help transition them into jobs and different kinds of things. So that's a big area of prayer. Please pray for us. And uh, all of our kids are teenagers now. Play, pray for us. The government is, is steering us to work with, with uh, extended families. So we want to get out there and minister to aunts and uncles and, and moms that they were taken away from and get kids back into their families. That's what the government wants us to do. That's what we feel like we should do. So in the future, when things open up, we love to have a team come down there and go out and minister into a community of an extended family, connect them with churches and, and services and different kinds of things, build them, a, build them a house or an outhouse or a something out there so the kids can go and be with them and, and stuff like that. So, you know, and also, we're not bringing any new children to the children's home because they don't want them other than really short term. But we started just recently in February uh, with 17 new kids from the area 
who weren't going to school because they just didn't have enough money. So we, we gave them scholarships to our school. They're going to school. They're getting an education now. They're families, and we have that broadened scope of ministry also to the people out there. So um, God has a plan, and he's going to keep it going. Amen? Amen. And we just, need to, we just need to listen. You know, one, one of the things, just to, just to transition here to Annette, you can come up if you'd like to. Um, in Hebrews chapter 12, you know, God said, you know, we need to be supernatural. We need to learn to live supernaturally. You know, it, oftentimes we have such supernatural things that happen, and it's so awesome. You put your best foot forward, and it looks good, and, and it's so exciting, and it's everything else, and sometimes we're dragging a foot. I don't mean to... Meaning in life, we have two parts. You know, you can get so far out in, in, in the spirit, in the anointing, that your character can't keep you there. So we need to, we need to make quality decisions. And just to read this verse really quick. Therefore, the Hebrews 12.1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Amen. My beautiful wife, Annette. Thanks, sir. Praise God. So, you guys um, ready? Yes. Are you ready for God? Yes. You guys ready to go deeper with God? So kind of just kick, kick this off on my part anyway. I'll get my notes all ready here. I want to um, tell you about, I'll give you a testimony of a young girl who I talked to a little over a month ago, and she'd purchased my book, Healing Wounded Hearts, Repairing Broken Lives. And so I did a conference call with her, just kind of a prayer call, and just to get to know her. And her name is Bethany. She's like 34, a school teacher, single. And she was just sharing some of her life with me. And she said, you know, I, I'm a pastor's daughter. I was raised in church. I knew all the right things to say. I knew all the right things to do. But I never felt like I truly had an intimate relationship with God. And she was saying, I'm not sure I'm even saved. And her mother was starting to challenge her with some different things. And so that's why she purchased my book, because she knew she had some things in her life, some issues in her life to deal with. And so maybe some people that are here today would say, you know, I've, wow, I can relate to that. I can relate to Bethany's story. I'm here. I'm doing all the right things. I'm saying all the right things. But, wow, I just, I just feel disconnected from God. I feel like he's so far away. And so I want to talk to you today about some different things that I think will help you. And, you know, to get intimate with God is sometimes scary because <laughs> you're thinking, oh, my goodness, it's going to be like I'm naked before God and he's going to see all my flaws and he's going to see all my, my sin and all of my, you know, so we weave this little fig leaves together thinking that we're fooling God or thinking that we are just going to kind of cover it up and none of it works. <laughs> None of it works. And so many times, but we feel like, wow, I can't really open up to God because I, I just feel like, you know, I'm not worthy. And we get the, the lies of the enemy, I think, are one of the biggest things that keep us from intimacy with God. And if we can't go deeper with God in intimacy, we'll never get to the supernatural and the revival and the power of God that we really desire in our lives. How many want more power of God in their lives? You know, you'd really like to see God move and use you and, and feel like your, your life is of value. We can't get there until we deal with the lies. I like to call it head trash. You know, just it's there and it's stuck and it's like we don't know how to get it out. And so I want to talk to you about that today. You know, what are some of those lies? Oh, I'm not worthy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a failure. You don't understand my life. I've had so much trauma. I've got these addictions. You know, I've, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not, you know, skinny enough. I'm not educated enough. It, whatever lies of the enemy that have come into our, our, our soul. 
is what we want to deal with. There are fears, there's traumas, there's regrets of our past, there's, you know, failures and deceptions, and, and, you know, we can say, man, my family, I've got this rotten family, or I've got this good family, but I'm rotten. You know, whatever, what, what, there, there are so many lies, head trash of the enemy that bombards us all the time. And so I want to talk to you about, I want to lay a little bit of a foundation here, because I want to talk to you about um, how, we're, how we're created. Because if we don't understand how we're created, we'll feel just trapped, and we won't know how to break out of it. We won't know how to get the victory that Jesus Christ has already purchased for us. So uh, even though Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the grave, ascended on high, gave us a victory, gave us a place in heaven, and we're seated with him in heavenly places, we won't know how to walk there. We won't know how to apply that and really live it. We'll only talk it. And we'll never live it, just like Bethany. And so, I want to talk to you a little bit. Let's read First Thessalonians chapter 5. There's 23 and 24. I think we'll have it. Yay. Okay, thank you. I want to read it out of the Passion Translation because I love this, this translation, especially for this teaching. And so, we know that we were created in God's image, right? And God is three parts. Father, Son. Holy Spirit. So he created us with three parts as well. And we're going to read that right here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting verse 23. Now may the God of peace and harmony, I love that, the God of peace and harmony set you apart, set you apart. That's, that's a process of holiness, making you holy. Doesn't mean making you perfect, okay? It means making you holy, holy, cleansed, Forgiven, set apart, redeemed. So may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearance of our Lord Jesus and the anointed one. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. Wow. Wow, what a powerful verse, two verses. And first of all, we know that God is at work. Can you just say that with me? God is at work in me. He's at work in each one of us. And he's doing his work to bring us into complete holiness, completely dedicated, completely set apart from darkness. He wants us in the light. And... He's going to, he knows how to keep us completely flawless. That means no offense. That means no wounds. That means no brokenness. That means no sin. That means no failure. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. doesn't mean we're not going to slip and fall. And doesn't mean we're not going to say, hey, Father, forgive me. I just blew it. It means that in him, in him, we are flawless. He sees us as perfect, just as he looks at Christ. And so this is the work that he's doing in us. But I want to concentrate on spirit, soul, and body. And you've probably heard a teaching on spirit, soul, and body before. If not, listen up, because this is so important. And so I want to just kind of real quickly, our spirit. We have a spirit. We are born again by the spirit. So with our spirit, man, that is who we are. We are spirit, and we, uh, through our spirit, as we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, and we are born again into the family of God, our spirit wakes up. It wakes up, and it begins to connect with the Father. And that's, in our spirit man, we discern. In our spirit man, we express our worship. We express our love to God. So our spirit man is the part of us that loves God, loves God. Our, the, our spirit man is, are those desires uh, to, to express our love to God. And in our spirit, um, we also have a power to create, a power to give, a power to connect. So that's part of the spirit, the person we are in Christ. And that ought to be the king of our life. So our spirit should rule our life. 
Okay, and so when our spirit is weak, we don't feed our spirit, we're not in his presence, we're not worshiping the Father, we're not feeding on the word of God, our spirit man can get weak. And then our soul rises up as the king and begins to govern our life. Even though we may be a tongue talker, a spirit-filled, you know, believing in Holy Spirit, gifts, you know, may have a word of prophecy every once in a while, but if we do not have our soul in alignment underneath our spirit, where our soul, which we're going to talk about that right now, is our soul can, can control us. Well, what is our soul? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So our mind is this computer that connects to everything around us. So in our mind, we think. In our mind, we create. In our mind, we learn. It's like a, a hard drive and it, uh, the, in our computer. And everything that has happened to us, every single uh, thought, feeling, emotion is all recorded in our mind. So that's where our memory is. That is the, the area that so many times wants to control us is our mind. And we like a strong mind because we, so we learn and we grow and we, we learn all kinds of things. And today with our digital society, everything is so quick and handy and our mind goes, you know, as fast as the internet and, you know, here. And, and so our mind can so quickly override our spirit if we're not careful. And then another part of our soul are our emotions. Now, our emotions are, are the most intricate part of our soul, and it is connected with our thoughts. Every thought creates an emotion. And so, uh, according to the thoughts that we have, of course, is a corresponding emotion. So, if we begin to think on something that hurt us, oh, our emotion, oh, we can relive it can relive it. Those emotions come, ooh, just as powerful almost as when it happened. And so if we are, if we don't deal with the thoughts of our mind and the emotions that are created, we can destroy ourselves. So, so our emotions are, are wonderful friends. They're God-given, and God has created us. Our original state of creation was peace and happiness, peace and joy. This is what God created us to be. And so when we feel emotions out of those, that original state, it's, it's a friend tapping us on the shoulder saying, something's wrong. Get something right. Something's wrong. It's there, your emotions are telling you something isn't right in my soul, and I need to deal with it. So if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling anger, if you're feeling, you know, frustration, uh, you're feeling anxiety, depression, those are your friends telling you something's wrong. Let's get it to God so he can deal with it. Unfortunately, our emotions will control us. Our emotions can pop up to the top and put our spirit under. And so that we're not walking in the spirit. We're not walking where we really desire to walk. And so we have to deal with those emotions. And many of us have on our recorded CD horrible things that have happened to us. Experiences, rejections, abandonment traumas, you know, and, and those, those things can scar us and make us continually feel like a failure all our life. When Jesus Christ already purchased on the cross and already took our failures, already took our sin, and so the enemy likes to keep us in the area of our soul so that we will not walk in the power of God. And do not walk in the spirit of the living God. So, whew. okay, so we have one more area of our soul, and that is called our will. So our will is our chooser. We, we choose what we like and what we don't like. We choose what we want to put on. We choose how we want to look. We choose who we like and who we don't like. We choose, and our will is the most powerful part 
of our being. With it, we can choose the path of destruction or we can choose the path of glory. The path of our destiny. It's our choice. Our thoughts, our emotion, and our will. Now, many times, people have been so hurt and they're so tired of thinking negatively, feeling negative, and so tired of hurting, they shut it off. They shut off their emotions. And they become robots. And the problem and the the danger with that is that you get so cold, your heart becomes detached, and you have no compassion or mercy for anyone especially yourself. So it's easy to to keep the head trash. It's easy to believe the lies of the enemy, saying, I can't ever get intimate with God. And so it, it separates us from that intimate embrace of the Father. He loves us so much. He wants us in his embrace. He wants to take those things and heal us. So we are spirit, soul, and body. We live in a marvelous creation called our body. And it is miraculous. But it's just an earth suit. That's all it is. And one day, it will die. It'll just up and stop breathing. But our spirit and our soul are intertwined. They will never be separated. Everything you know now, you'll know in heaven. And everything that you did on on earth, you'll know in heaven. You'll know the same people. Your spirit and your soul, one day this physical piece of clay is going to fall down. And I'm going to stand out of my body, my spirit and my soul. And we're going to go, well, okay, hopefully I can say that was a good life. I'm out of here. And I'm on to a better life, right? And so uh, our, our spirit, our soul, and our body, God is preparing. He is, he is creating in us, right, a flawless person. Now, you may say, oh, my goodness, you haven't seen my body. This is not flawless. <laughs> but remember, our spirit is king. Our soul should be our servant, our mind, our will, and our emotions should serve our spirit as a servant. And our body should be our slave. Apostle Paul says, I buffet my body and keep it in servanthood. You know, I keep it as a slave. So that our body is not like running after addictions or running after this or running after that and enslaving us with the appetites of our body but that our body is serving us. It's a slave. And I tell, my spirit tells my body what to do. Right? Okay. So that is a quick teaching on spirit, soul, and body. And what I want to talk to you right now is the design of your soul. Um, I like to use this example um, as our soul, like, is, is where the darkness is held. And so I love the, the, the illustration of our soul like a book where we have many pages. And in these pages are written all the details of our life. And what, we, what happens is um, throughout life, these pages get deposits. So we have different situations that happen to us, both good and bad, that get stuck in the pages of our soul. So we can have an awesome experience of God, right? We can get saved. We can get born again, right? Now, that, the born again experience doesn't just stick something in our soul. It saves our spirit, right? But there are other experiences when people lay hands on us, they'll speak prophetic words. Those prophetic words are like, you know, deposits in our soul that we we love and we cling to. But there are things that happen to us that are dark deposits. We can be abused. And a dark deposit 
gets stuck in our soul. We can be rejected, abandoned. We can have a fearful experience in our lives where, you know, evil happens. We live in a broken world. And so the enemy likes to take his dark deposits like arrows and deposit them in our soul, and they get stuck between the pages of our soul. And so how do we deal with those things? You know, some people just carry around these lives filled with dark deposits, and they love God, and they want to they follow God. They want to be intimate with God, but they have this, so much junk filling the pages of their soul because of the enemy's attacks on their life and because of the situations that they've had to live through. And so how do we, as sons and daughters of God, get rid of that stuff? How do we get rid of the the trauma and the scars and the failure and the addictions that are in our life? You are not an addiction. An addiction is a deposit of darkness stuck in the pages of your soul. You can get it out. You can get it out. And so, like I said, our will is the most powerful part of our soul. And our will is like the spine of the book where I choose to open the pages of my life and I command that thing out. I said, get out. I don't want you anymore. Get out. I want to share a couple more scriptures with you real quick. I'm going to read John 14. I'm not sure if this was, was John 14 on? I'm not sure if you guys are there. John 14, 15 through 18. And um, I'm not sure if that was, was that in there? Is it actually there? Perfect. It's up there. Thank you. So let's, let's read this. So Jesus is saying, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he he remains with you and will live inside of you. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. I love that. And I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. So here we see the work of Holy Spirit in our lives. And so Holy Spirit comes into our life. Our spirit is born again as we accept Christ. Holy Spirit comes and he is with us. He's with us. He never leaves us. And he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I want to talk to you about, to you about orphans. We have, we have had 51 orphans come through our, our, our orphanage in Honduras. This last 10 years, God has taught us a lot about orphans. And you don't have to live in a children's home to be an orphan. You can even have a mom and dad and still live like an orphan. And so uh, in my book, I talk, I have a, a, a chapter, this is my book, by the way, Healing Wounded Hearts, Repairing Broken Lives. I think in your, if anybody has the, this, the, is it digital bulletin? At the very bottom, there's those, the link for this. It's also in Spanish, so if anybody would like. So I've got a page here that's called The Orphan Spirit. And I just want to read a paragraph out of this to you. It says, when you feel and act like an orphan in life, you live in survival mode, struggling and rebelling against anything that feels like a threat. Fear and a lack of identity fill your thoughts and your feelings. You don't know who you are or where you're going in life. The feeling of abandonment is overwhelming and opens doors to depression, oppression, and even suicide. So I want to just kind of share a couple other things about orphan spirit. Um... There are moments of abandonment when you feel as an orphan through rejections from our parents, rejections from 
or grandparents, rejections from those child caretakers from us from infancy, even from conception. And they, are, they give um, access to demonic activity in our lives. They convince us that everyone is against us and that no one loves us. I'm alone. I'm alone in this world. Nobody really knows what's happening in me. It causes one to be driven to seek out affirmation, to look for applause at all times, and it, it, to increase our self-worth. And they reject any type of correction. It's like they feel, make it, they feel like it's a threat to who they are. They can't receive that godly correction like a father or a mother would give, bring to a child. They take it as criticism. Oh, you're just criticizing me. So their insecurities cause them to be performance-driven. I have to be the best, competitive. I have to be the best. I can't be, you know, I can't show weakness. I can't, because it's a defense mechanism. And so they tend to work independently of others. They don't like accountability. And they struggle with themselves. They have a hard time submitting to leadership. And they struggle in close relationships. So if I've just explained some areas of your life, then we're going to pray today. We're going to break off and we're going to get out the deposit of an orphan spirit that's been hindering you all your life. Are you guys ready for that? You want that? Okay, so I want to talk to you a little bit more about um, our power and our authority. Matthew 18, 18 is the verse that we use. Uh, There's many verses, but this is the one verse that I chose to use today. And it says, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So what we want to do is we want to take our soul and bring it to God. And we say, Father, every, you know, just deal with different things. And today I especially want to deal with the orphan spirit because I believe it has attacked the body of Christ so strongly, especially in this season where we feel alone, we're isolated, social distancing, we're fearful, nobody understands what I'm going through, you know, I've had these situations, and we feel distant from God. And God is saying, you are my beloved child. You are my beloved son. So I want to read Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 15. Because it's the work of Holy Spirit with, together with our will, that we break this thing off of us. So, Romans eight fifteen says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Many of us are here just because of religious duty. Just like Bethany, my friend Bethany. Religious duty. You've not received religious duty, leading you back into fear of never being good enough. So that's that orphan spirit. We never feel like we're good enough. We're always in fear, always have to be the best or try to, you know, show the best side of us, put that best foot out, like Ron was saying. We don't want anybody to see the back foot that's dragging. You know, we don't want to see any, we don't want to be accountable because we're afraid somebody will reject us and not love us if they really knew who I was. If they really knew what I was thinking. They wouldn't even want to be with me. Those are the lies of the enemy. The lies of the enemy. And we're going we're gonna to stomp on those today. So, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Do you, say that with me. I am fully accepted. I am fully accepted by God. You have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. Whoa, you will never feel orphaned, for as, as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father, Abba, Father, you are my Father. And we come into sonship, 
Holy Spirit works sonship. The King James Version says sonship, where I become a true son of God. And women, we can be sons of God because guys are the bride of Christ, right? So we can be sons of God. We can be sons and daughters of the living God. But it's the Holy Spirit that works that sonship where we truly accept that I belong. I am adopted into the family of God. And I choose with my will to open up the pages of my life and get rid of darkness, get rid of addictions, get rid of sin, get rid of fear, get rid of offense, get rid of depression, get rid of suicide, get rid of these things that are hindering my life. They're keeping me back. I can't know God intimately until I get rid of these dark things because the darkness is condemning me and shaming me and causing me to run from God instead of run to God. Jesus. I'm going to tell you another story real quick about a young girl at New Life Children's Home. We're just going to call her Juanita. Protect her name. Protect the innocent. Change the names. So um, she, one day, she was just, I noticed that she was just talking a lot about death. And she was a beautiful girl, but she thought she was ugly. She thought she was fat. She, you know, she had compared herself all the time to her older sister and other you know, children in the children's home. And she would say, oh, I just want to die. Throw me out in front of this car. And things like that. And, I, of course, I would respond with something, some cliche, positive cliche of, oh, no, you don't. You know, something. And trying to, you know, veer her thought process in something, a different avenue. And one day she came to me. She says, Tia Annette, will you play, pray for me? And I said, of course. So I sat down with her, and I began to teach her these very principles that I'm teaching you. And we, she repented. She, we commanded this, that spirit of suicide out of her soul. And then we bound to her soul the love of God, uh, in the, 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 the presence of God. And, and, I mean, there was a, a spirit, the spirit of God was there doing a, a work in her life, was healing her, delivering her from that spirit of suicide. And about two weeks later, she said, Tia Annette, she said, remember when you prayed for me? And I was like, yeah. She said, I don't have any more of those thoughts anymore. And then she added, she said, but you know what? I already had the rope in my room ready. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the wisdom. You give us the truth that sets us free. And today I have spoken truth to you. And I believe that God is in this place. And that right now we can empty out our soul. And so I just kind of want to bring to conclusion this this teaching, and then I want to pray for you. And we're going to continue this this afternoon at 4 o'clock. But in conclusion, to just be really honest with you, if you have fought and, and, and dealt with deep depression, this fear, offense, the orphan spirit for a long time, it's going to take you a time period to really, truly get all the junk out of your soul. I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to pray and it's going to all be, you know, gone. I think that we're going to break the power of the enemy right now. And I think that right now you can decide to be free. But there, you're going to have to train your mind and your emotions to run to the Word of God. And in that moment, if Holy Spirit brings something else up, get it out. Get it out. But... I believe that right now, as we pray, and I'm going to invite you just to close your eyes and just let Holy Spirit work in your heart, make a quality decision right now, use the will, power, the will of God, you know, the will that God has given to you to say, I choose, I choose today to get out 
darkness from my soul. Thank you, Lord. You just close your eyes with me tonight. Today, I'm sorry, this is morning. <laughs> just close your eyes and just, just draw towards that throne room of God. He is so loving. He loves you so much. He's our Father. He's not our God. He is our God. He is our judge, but he's our Father right now. He is our Holy Father. And he is that, that Father that is longing, is longing to see his children healed, longing to see the darkness get out of our souls, longing to help us break those, those lies of the enemy, longing to dump the trash out of our, of our minds, longing to cleanse us with the power of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Would you say this prayer with me today? And as you do, you can say it out loud, you can say it in your heart. Just when you say this prayer, just make it a commitment today. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, I come to you today to submit my heart, my spirit, my soul, my body. I submit my mind to you, my beliefs, my thought processes, my emotions, my opinions that shape my life and that set my destiny. I command the clouds of confusion and disappointment to be gone in Jesus' name. I open the pages of my soul and I command the orphan spirit out, out. Say it with authority. I command it out. In Jesus' name, no more. I'm tired of it. No more. I command fear out of my soul. In Jesus' name. I command depression, shame. Just label it. You put that name on it, those emotions that you're feeling, those thoughts. You Just say out in Jesus' name. Addictions, out. Out in Jesus' name. Get out, offense, offense, out. In Jesus' name, rejection, abandonment, out. In Jesus' name. I release it from my soul. And I bind to my soul, to my mind, my will, my emotions. I bind the love of God, the love of the Father. Thank you, Father, your love, your agape love. I just bind revelation and truth that sets me free today. I bind the wisdom of heaven to my heart, to my mind. I bind peace, peace that passes all understanding, that peace and harmony, the God of peace and harmony. Yes. I bind holiness to my soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I declare a rebirthing and a rediscovering of everything the enemy has stolen from every single person in this place. I declare redemption in everything that God has given to you and that God has planned for you throughout the rest of your life. Father, we cry today, beloved Father, Abba, Father, we enter in to that adoption. We enter into that sonship, Father, sonship, sonship today. We receive it. Not just in our spirit, but we receive it in our soul. 
our, our sonship, my right to be a blood-bought daughter of the Most High God, my right to be a son of God, to stand without shame, without pain, without addictions, to stand free from darkness and to stand as a true son and daughter of the Most High God. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.